This is Counter Stories, a podcast by people of color, for people of color, and everyone else. I'm Reverend Anthony Galloway, pastor of St. Mark AME Church and partner at Dendros Group. I'm Don Eubanks, associate at Dendros Group and member of the Mille Lacs Band of Ojibwe Indians. And I'm Halili, owner of the Other Media Group and producer of Counter Stories. Luz Maria Frias couldn't be with us today. She's not feeling well, so we wish her well. We're going to take this opportunity today, since Luz couldn't be with us, to do a grab bag episode. For those who've listened to Counter Stories in the past, every now and then, there's a whole lot of things happening at once, and we've got to touch on quite a few things. And so this is going to be one of those episodes where we're going to jump. And so come with us on this manic journey as we go through a whole lot of things, because we know as folks of color, we're constantly dealing with many different things on many different levels all the time. All right, y'all, y'all ready to jump into it? So I'm just going to start I'm gonna start slinging them out to you. So the first things first is, of course, we've come through the Derek Chauvin trial and we've got trials happening across the country. Right now, um, we're gearing up for uh, the trial of Kimberly Potter, who shot and killed Dante Wright um, during the week of the verdict in the Chauvin trial. And so I'm just curious, you know, how you've been tracking this and, and, and gearing up for yet another high profile trial for an officer involved killing of a black man here in Minnesota. Go. What? It's, you know, it's, it's been interesting. I've been, uh, one, you know, the, uh, this trial isn't garnering the type of national or you know national kind of daily intense coverage that floyd did um in fact it's been very low key as far as i'm concerned um i think that um but i i think what stands out for me so far is the local media coverage and how it's kind of being portrayed and so you know local media tries their best to provide kind of different perspectives and um but it's you know they're 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 trying their best uh, to do this um yeah i've been trying to follow like if there's been any kind of specific rulings um and you know and as there have been ahead. two there have been two, right? So the judge allowed both of the charges, the manslaughter charges, to get added to, um, to to the docket in September, which immediately increased folks. Um, um, uh, for those who who want to see prosecution in this case, this is it's it's uh, the adding of that first degree manslaughter charge in particular um, kind of ups the ante a little bit in that regard. So there have been some rulings in that case. One of the things that folks are really looking at is what's happening in other trials. At the same time as Kimberly Potter is going to be on trial, we've got Rittenhouse's verdict is can coming anytime now with the jury, and his lawyers have tried to to ask for another mistrial before the, the jury even finishes their deliberation. You've got the Ahmad Aubrey case. There's pastors across the country who black pastors across the country who are mm-hmm. going to Brunswick, uh, uh, Georgia. To, to stand in solidarity because of the black pastor comment by the defense attorney in the Aubrey case, um, or in, in, not in the Aubrey case, but in the case against the men who shot Ahmaud Aubrey. Um, and and, and uh, we, we, we've, got, we've got all of these things that, that seem like they could have bearing on, on the other, and so they want to get the charges just right. <laughs> so I think that's yeah, very I interesting. Yeah, I in think that's what, that's what I've basically been, been, like the trial with Rittenhouse, there's just so much wrong with 
there's just so much wrong going with these trials. I'm really nervous that it's going to, you know, become a precedent of some sort that will affect the cases that are happening here. And not that I, I care about, you know, not that I don't care about what happens in those cases, but like these are, you know, local close to home cases. And I feel like some of this stuff, if it, it's just, it's not, I don't know. I don't have a lot of faith in what's happening in the Rittenhouse case just because of who the judge is and the way he's been behaving this entire time. And I'm really afraid that that will somehow affect the trials that will be happening here with the, the three officers um, in the George Floyd murder and in Kim Potter's case. So and I, and I think they that they're allowing it to be live streamed as well. Yep. Is that correct? Um, and so that's some that's like this whole new element, like. I feel like I might be just be glued to my screen the whole time. And I don't want to put myself through that, you know? Well, it's, it's, you know, take it to somebody who, who, you know, with Georgia, Georgia had to take the brunt of it, but having to cover and watch every bit of the Chauvin trial for the racial reckoning project, um, that, I mean, it takes a toll on you, especially in the proximity here. So, so one of the things that happens when these killings and these trials go on is you start looking at um, the proximity to folks in these cases. So, I'm a former classmate of Philando Castillo's. I'm a, um, you know, I frequented La Conga. So, so, you know, George George Floyd got me in there a couple of times when I wasn't wearing the right dress, and 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 he could have easily turned me away. And so, I knew who to go to when I went there. Like there, there are connections and community to this. Um, one of my mentors in ministry um, was a teacher of Dante Wright's, and so we 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 we. Some of us don't get have an have an opportunity to be removed in the ways that that folks can, and it and it can take a toll. And so we've got a bunch of these cases coming, um, and and I'm just curious, you know, about how y'all are going to take care of yourselves through this one. Well, you know, I think, um, you know, these other cases are are um, they're not as intense as Floyd. I mean. Floyd was very intense. That one, I think we did talk about. That one, I I had to pace myself. Okay, that and um. Are you saying the Chauvin trial? The yeah. Or during the Floyd. Oh, yeah. The whole the, the, the whole the thing. whole the whole thing. I mean, okay. you know, from from beginning to end was so traumatic, so traumatic that 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 one I definitely had to do a lot of self care uh, to wade through. Um, I think. Um, the other one I'm paying close attention to are these three white white men in Georgia who who uh, drove down and executed um, Ahmad Aubrey uh, for jogging through the neighborhood. I mean, th- there's no other way to put it. They they drove him down and executed executed him and because they were buddies with the police system down there. No charges were even going to be considered against them until the black community stood up and said, hey, wait a minute. You know, his friends, family, and the community had to stand up in order to get charges brought. That one I'm paying real close attention to. That one has repercussions. I mean, um, in this Potter case, you know, on on media, and I'm trying to remember what context it was, but... And I'm trying to remember, I don't remember which channel I was watching, but they were talking about the the videotape and and they were they were, you know, talking about what they thought may be 
key components to this trial, and one of them that they always zero in on is is when the uh, video shows Potter saying, taser, 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 and then shoots him with his gun. And then the reporter's comments um, also were saying, and the other thing that uh, needs to be looked at is Dante Wright's um, actions in the car. And I'm thinking, what what does that have? He's in the car. What does that have to do with anything? Right? I mean, and so... Again, for me, that's how, that's where these divisions, where they were seeds of, of, of uh, doubt are planted. And it's done so in the media. Well, in, in the interesting piece for that, you know, as you, as, you mentioned, as you mentioned that, why was he stopped in the first place and all these other questions. Exactly. Um, this, this case has led to some developments across the country. Philadelphia, city of Philadelphia has now stop, uh, banned uh, low-level traffic stops um, and the first city in the country to, to do that. And it really starts to ask the question and, and, and get at the, the, the issue of why. Why? <laughs> Um, why do we do some of the things that we do? Why do we lock up the folks that we do? Why is so much of our prison population locked up for nonviolent offenses that that um, you know that then put them into situations of being more likely to be in in more dangerous categories later on because of the conditioning that our prisons do, regardless of your racial back background? Like these are important questions that. These, this string of, of cases are starting to increase. I would also offer, Don, you brought up something very important, and that is the goal that folks had to chase down Ahmaud Aubrey, mm. assume and have their, their mental model and assumptions about black folks turn them into vigilante killers. The Rittenhouse case is being looked at by communities of color specifically for that reason. What implications are mm-hmm. there if, if, the, if the outcome of this seems to okay um, this sense of 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 vigilante bravado that that recreates the police culture that we're trying to change in the first place, um, and the fact and and of course the the implications of the police officers who allowed him to be in the space. I mean, there's a lot of important things that are going to come mm-hmm. out of the decisions that are made in these next couple of trials. Honestly, like I just feel like one thing that's coming out of this Rittenhouse thing is just how messed up our judicial system is that this judge can be so openly biased and still be presiding over this case. Like it boggles my mind. I just feel like they're not even trying to hide their biases anymore and just know that they have this position, they have this power and they, and they're just going to keep having it. I mean, that's, you know, that's, well, look, I mean, look at, look at in the state of Georgia, what is the black, what is the black population in Georgia? And the reason I'm bringing that up is when we think Georgia, we think black. We think Atlanta. You know, there's a there's a um, a movement of black folks back to Atlanta, and yet we're in Georgia, and they were able to put together a jury of what. 11 white folks and one black well, person? Well, so, okay, okay. So the question you have is what is the population of Brunswick, Georgia? Yeah. That's the, that's the question. And Brunswick is a white neighborhood. Let's just be, let's, 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 let's call it that. So, um, Flea, you got some, some statistics about Georgia itself? Yeah. So the, according to the 2020 census, um, black or African-American made up 32.6% of the Georgia 
uh, population. So in comparison to the country, that's huge. I mean, that's it's a, huge. we're talking about a chocolate, we're talking about chocolate cities when we're talking about Atlanta um, mm-hmm. in certain cities in Alabama, but not all of the cities are in Brunswick is not. Brunswick right. is a white town. Um, and so we again have the the makings and the setups for for these conditions and context. I, I, I want to complicate Honestly, things. I'm surprised that it's happening in Brunswick. We we we've get we're getting a, a throughout all these trials we're getting case we're getting uh, lessons in um, judiciary practices in different mm-hmm. states and how they're different. You know, um, we had that conversation with the Chauvin trial about why um, things are here. When we had Will Snowden from the Jurors Project on on the Bearing Witness podcast, they had Will Snowden of the Juror Project, and he talked about you know how how complicated the history of juries are for folks of color, and that often they we go by um, you know voter rolls and other things that are tied to racial racial stratification um, when we already know all the data that we have. Because we know everybody in the county, and so we can we can that list could be much bigger than the one we actually use mm-hmm. in certain places. But also, even in Kenosha, Wisconsin, you know, folks raised their eyebrow when Kyle Rittenhouse got to pick who deliberated as the mm-hmm. jury by by lottery, because that's a rule in Wisconsin. And we're like, why he's getting special treatment? Well, uh, we have different judicatory rules, uh, not judicatory rules, but judiciary rules in different in different states, and those things matter. They can make a huge difference. And so there's a lot of learning that comes out of this as well. Mm-hmm. Speaking of learning, I'm going to force us to another space here because since we're on the topic of learning, uh, Prior Lake, many of folks have seen this. This has actually gotten to the national news space where students in Prior Lake walk out after a group of white students, or I don't know if it's a group of white students, but some white students at that school made a video uh, referring to a young woman um, th- using the N-word and telling her to go kill herself and do it better this time. Um, and so we see this very public profile of something that unfortunately has been part and parcel uh, to many of the ex- part and parcel to many of the experiences of people of color in our school systems. Um, so what have you what have you been talking about in your own circles around this? Because this isn't isolated, and that's one of the reasons why the kids walked out. This has been something that's been in the school district for a while, and. It other school students from other school districts came and rallied with the Prior Lake students um, because they've experienced similar uh, uh, behavior and, and, and bullying and things like that in their schools. So, so what has been the conversation in your circles? There and there were other walkouts that had happened um, from other schools um, in relation to true you indeed know, sexual harassment not being taken seriously in schools. I mean, there's there's a big issue. That was the Central High School walkout. Yeah, and Highland Park walked out as well um, uh over the the sexual harassment issues. And we walked out when we were at Highland because Mm. we were told we couldn't wear spaghetti straps because they distracted male teachers. You know, (laughs) and we said, okay, then put air conditioning in, (laughs) right? Like, we won't wear spaghetti strap tank tops if you have air conditioning. Like, so. Wait, 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 wait. They really told you that? They said that it was distracting and. Um, several of the females um, believe it was attributed to uh, the actions of, of a specific teacher. Wow. Who, who, who very much liked the, the, the younger girls, but had tenure. And so we all kind of was just like, <laughs> we can't do anything about it. And there was no point to complain anymore, right? I mean, I've seen this even, you know, I, I was approached by community members who say, hey, can you help connect us to resources because our daughter was harassed 
or our son was harassed because of his race and the principals don't take it seriously. It, you know, this is one of those situations, though, with the prior lake where they have video of this. So how can something not well, be done? They they posted this young girl and there was at least one or two other girls there with her. Could, right. Have, have you seen the video? I mean, you know, um, I, yes. you know, I it, saw it. You know, Sean King posted it on his Facebook page. So whenever anything shocking in this country happens, he'll post it on his page. And I saw that video, and uh, but I just kind of glanced at it real quick, and it was later in the day that they started reporting that this happened in Prior Lake. Because I, I saw the video without kind of reading all the background, so it was. I thought it was... Uh, I didn't know where it had happened. And... Until later that afternoon, then I heard that it was actually here in Prior Lake, mm-hmm. and so so you made the assumption that it was not here. Well, I didn't. I just didn't make any assumption. Oh, okay, I wasn't gotcha. sure where it was at, other than here. Here we go. It's kind of like that video of that white teacher in California with this headdress on her head jumping around in the classroom, acting like, well, I don't know what she was, she was acting like an idiot, trying to imitate Native Americans. I mean, <laughs> you know, it, it's like, I, you can't believe this stuff when you see it at times. And so that was my reaction when I saw the video. And then when I learned that it actually happened here in Prior Lake, it's, it's interesting how um, there was the protests, the students stood up, the young lady that this was directed to has been brave enough to come and talk about what it did to her personally. She even talked about some of the struggles she has had dealing with her mental health. I mean, I just praise this young woman. And when you look at her and you look at the behavior of these young white girls and what they were saying and how they were saying it, they were encouraging her to do a better job to kill herself. Who does that? Even yeah, you know, I mean, I mean that, but and, but that goes on such an even larger level about our society at this point, right? People giving death threats like it's nothing. People are telling people to go kill themselves like it's not a big deal, right? I mean, the GOP senators who voted for the infrastructure bill, Jake Jill and Hall. I mean, come on, like everybody's just like people just threaten death so easily these days. It, it is a reflection but of our have society. You heard any, but has there been any repercussions against these young students from Prior Lake yet? Or are they still giving us the standard while we're investigating? We're investigating. We're, I mean, that's the thing that they always said, is, you know, especially the, the, some, the times that I've gone to school boards or principals about situations that have happened within their school that they don't address. It has always been a he said, she said type of situation. But when we have legit video and nothing is being done in a timely manner, I don't know what they can expect. <laughs> like, we're just going to be like, oh, okay, the end, bye. No. I don't know what the, the officials are expecting at this point when the, the evidence is right in front of you. And, and and this, again, comes to some of the in, imbalance. And, and this is the pattern I want to want to come on. For the same yes. behaviors, there are different outcomes racially, and that yes. is the issue. It is not—people keep trying to make Huge. this about 
you know, about about who's doing what and, and, and not looking at the fact that for the same behaviors, we have disparity. That's what people are talking to. It's not yes. political. It's not all these other things. It is people calling out the inequity. And we seem to be unwilling to address that. Well, and but I know when you say we, you don't mean us, people of color. <laughs> you mean folks in the dominant culture who seem unwilling or but. I would beg to differ, Anthony, and say that their inaction is the action, not to mm. change the di- okay. dynamic. And that is what is so traumatic, and that is what is so frustrating, because we see this play out and play out again. We can talk about different state rules, judicial rules when it comes to cases, you know, but we're talking about the dynamic of white men killing others and it's being treated you know in a manner where we have to sit back and actually think that these 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 they could get off mm-hmm. you know and that mm-hmm. and and so I know exactly what you're talking about it's like it's like for a whole year we had this racial reckoning in the United States throughout the world as a result of George Floyd's murder and now it's like we're right back to business as usual. We're right back into the same patterns where, you know, th- there's been this failed attempt at in Minneapolis to to reconstruct the Minneapolis Police Department. You know, we'll have to wait to see how that eventually plays out. Uh, but and it and it, you know, it's been what all, a, a year and a half since all that and and we're no closer to eliminating systemic racism than we were when uh, George Floyd first got murdered. Now, a person could look at that, especially a person who 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 fits the description of 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 those who who don't want to make real or not real. That's the wrong word. Who don't want to make extreme changes or drastic changes. Right? There were incremental things that came out. We do have some small pieces of legislation, changing of police rules, and one of the challenges and frustrations that we have as folks of color and, and communities of color, and that I have myself, let me pre- keep it personal, local, and immediate, is that we seem unwilling to stop and, and, and say, how do we create something new? Now, the, what you referenced in the Minneapolis um, decision of the vote in this recent election cycle to, to dismantle the Minneapolis Police Department and create an Office of Public Safety instead— Um, I was dubious of that absolutely all the way through and was not in support largely because I'm fine with the construction and doing something brand new. I'm not fine with the idea of something new that has no meat or plan or bells and whistles into it. When folks in community have been talking about about what that should look like for a long time and we completely bypass all the stuff they've talked about and built and suggested and recommended and said, we're going to build something new and here's no specifics with it. That's my, the concern. Yeah. My comment was wrapped around the entire episode that happened. Mm. I wasn't talking specifically about the proposal to change the public safety. Mm-hmm. I was talking about the entire effort to reform and how, and then eventually that's what it whittled down to. Oh, and no, you know, so oh, and, and I'm in and, full and, agreement. I guess the the point I, the the point that adds to the frustration to me is that plus turning around and the first thing somebody says to you is, well, we did this little thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yo, <laughs> that's the part yeah. that frustrates me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, let's see. We changed Aunt Jemima's name. We got to, <laughs> we got Washington instead of Washington Redskins. 
Let's see, they removed the native person off Lano Lakes butter. Mm-hmm. You know, we've yeah, we got all those kind of things. And then we had to worry about taking down the Statue of Columbus on our capital. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, so and and we're still having that debate, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and so, but in terms of actual action in terms of making some systemic changes. That is where we're slowing down. We're going backwards. I mean, you know, you know, as we've talked about in this climate, right? In 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 this current climate, we have, you know, and, and I have to look to see it'd be interesting if we could break down in Minnesota with the past election we just had, how many candidates on school boards who ran on the anti- um, critical race theory actually got elected to those school boards. You know, I haven't seen any breakdown of that. Have you? Another have reason you why another reason why voting is so important, and you know, at least here in St. Paul, this last election was the school board, and so it was not. You know, it was an off year, or uh, not. Mm-hmm. You know, the presidential election. You know, when everybody wants to vote, and so turnout as I was a little lower. I was a lot lower uh, on on the off years. A lot lower in comparison to the general election, but exactly, they, it was yeah. a lot higher for an off year, mm-hmm. um, which was which is an interesting piece. Mm-hmm. But Lee, Lee, there's an interesting thing that you just you just made me think about. Right, we had history, and we just glossed right over it. <laughs> um, in uh, it seemingly um, in St. Paul, we had history. The first Eritrean um, elected official mm-hmm. uh, was elected to the school board um, in 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 St. Paul. With the election of Holla Henderson, um, I got to talk to her. Um, Georgia Fort and I were at um, Mayor Carter's um, kind of uh, watch party results results event, and they were. Um, I got to talk to her, and and there was this 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 whoop that went out, and we realized we're sitting in there, and I was like, "Oh snap, that's history that just happened." But it's not big in the news and not big in the story outside of the social media circles. There, so so again. All the things that we've just talked about, the frustrations, the incremental pieces, the, the, the we're not moving the needle, we lose sight of the fact that these kids who walked out in Prior Lake, they're not just walking out <laughs> for this immediate incident. They're, the students are starting to get fed up with um, what we are doing as adults in particular um, across the nation and especially um, the fact uh, that we're having this debate about critical race theory, which isn't really about critical race theory because nobody, right. nobody's you know, in opposition to it actually has a real definition of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is real that North Dakota, um, a school district in North Dakota passed and has in their, in their rules and policies that um, you cannot teach uh, critical race theory. And they have a definition that specifically says that you can't teach anything um, that presents racism as a systemic piece of our society huh. beyond individual biases. Wow. So you have to present race as something that's an, racism as something that's an, about individual biases mm. and not systems. And that, not that, systemic. And not systems. So, so, so this is huge, and so student, this was this this was part of the chance uh, that students were were having, um, and you made it an important point in a previous podcast episode, Don, uh, that we're not seeing people air in this in these meetings um, in support of teaching full and real histories, you, and and we're seeing things like um, verbiage that says that talks about indoctrination because if I'm in an area where saying being anti-CRT uh, is not going to get me some play, I start using proxy words like uh, we're going to put things in there called indoctrination, just things that, that, that 
poison pills that put it in there so folks can come and resist anything that makes them uncomfortable mm-hmm. by telling true, true and full histories. These are parts of why kids are walking out. And I think it's something that we're not paying attention to, just like we're not paying attention to the fact that we made history in the school board election in St. Paul. The, uh, the kids are stepping, I sound so old. Um, the students are, the students are stepping up though. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. they're going to school board meetings. They're talking about what they want to learn and adults are literally not listening to them. I have, you know, kids are going, students are going to meetings and saying, we want critical race there. We want to know what it is even like teach us these things. And adults are still going, nope, we won't. This is going to be an interesting fight with what we just had in our episode with Governor Flanagan on the legislation uh, for for um, Native education, um, if if some of the school board policies that are passed across the district, uh, across the country, start making their way to school boards in Minnesota, there's going to be a fight around that because that is absolutely mm-hmm. something that would be targeted by this anti-critical <laughs> race theory, um, you know, kind of engineered issue. And that, you know, when... Uh when we had uh, Lieutenant Governor Flanagan and talking about that, that was circling in the back of my mind that this is the exact type of education that sets that group off, Mm -hmm. you know? um, Because it's going to require you to to deal with the hard stuff. The very hard stuff, the the genocide, the, you know, I mean, that, you know, and so... um, Thank God, you know, we do live in Minnesota and that we can still get that pass. And it, it's like this ebb and flow. And I think part, I you know, at least on a national level, I think part of the difficulty is that, um, is, you know, while this seems to be a small group of individuals in, in the, that one particular party, um, they message it very well. Mm-hmm. They and there hasn't do. been a do. counter message, and there hasn't been a coherent counter message coming from the other party to address it. Well, there so, never so is. <laughs> this, this, this. Thank you for getting to this piece. Um, I've been waiting to. I've been waiting to, to to chew on this a little bit because, as you know, I have a healthy critique of all of our political parties and the politicization of race in the United States throughout its history. And and it has been tossed around as a football. Well, we while folks of color are demanding and asking for real critique of systems to make changes for us in our daily lives, and folks are tossing us around like a football. I, I I feel strongly that oftentimes we get into this debate, we start letting folks off the hook. So so we may see folks show up to be to 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 to, to um, organize to uh, against things that make them uncomfortable about the real truths of our history in the United States. Um, and unfortunately, in this current, we got to remember in this current environment, that resistance tends to be coming from the right. Right, that has not always been the case. And, I, and, 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 and so I think that's an important thing to, 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 to talk about, that that changes, that shifts. Remember in the 90s, it was the left that was putting forward the super predator ideology and mental models. And so we, we've, we've and, got to or, be able or to— Or welfare reform. I well, mean, yeah. you so, know, so we, we gotta can be, go all kind of places. I, I just want to position this as, you know, I want to detach this from this political football space to say that there are healthy critiques, both, you know, on, you know, on all sides and a political maneuvering. I want to articulate in this space, though, these same mental models that kind of that 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 say we're not going to deal with the uncomfortable 
are also exist in quote unquote progressive circles. Um, it's just that instead of 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 saying I'm against that, and I don't want to talk about that. There's this there's this yes, we want to have this kind of and there's this kind of like all peoples. The all lives matter. I'm sorry, we have to have this conversation. Did that was not that did not come from um, th this 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 conservative block. It was taken up by that. But this kind of all lives multicultural. We're all family. Looking at all people was mantra mm -hmm. that very much comes from leftist progressive left progressive movements yeah. politically in the United States. We forget that our amnesia goes big. And so there's a way to not talk about what needs to be talked about in nice ways and in ways that resist truth and history. I just need to make sure that we we put that on the table and and and, and call call a spade what it is. Well, you know, Mike and and I think in other other previous counter stories episodes, yeah, I'm not shy of uh always saying that, you know, as a person of color, Native American, African American, black individual in this country, my vote is always and always has been a vote of the lesser of two evils. And so, you know, whether it's Democrat or Republican, um, as a person of color in this country, unless there's candidates that look like me, that that I can vote for, then I'm always voting for the lesser of two evils. And it's exactly what you're saying. You know, I think sometimes, you know, um, you know, Democrats have a history of talking a good game and not doing jack crap once they get in office and or just ignoring us altogether. Um, uh, Republicans, on the other hand, you know, kind of tend to follow through with what they say they're going to do. It's not and, always uh, good things, but they do and, it. And, yeah, and ram it down everybody's throat. But I, but for me as a person of color, you know, um, the Democrats have all never lived up to everything that they've said in terms of what they are going to do for our communities. Never have they done that. Never. The, the, the overall idea here is, is that in all of these, whether it is the Rittenhouse case, whether it is the school walkouts, we are seeing this dance of politicizing the discourse around it as left or right. And I think that's problematic. That's the, that's the piece that's coming up for me because we all of our hands are dirty regardless of, the, of, of political party. And we're not having the critical conversations um, in ways that address the the nice language that may come from one but still have mental models under, underneath or or the not so nice language um, elsewhere that actually has a root that we can work with underneath at the at the core but we're not getting to it um and so i think that's where it 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 makes it very scary that we're in a space where we're anti-critical race theory because that is the mechanism by which we start to unpack these patterns and actually disrupt the 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 outcomes for us on the on the outside that's the thing that 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 makes me nervous, and I think that's really tied in to why folks are rocking out. Let, let me let me let me pull it. Let me throw us down one more rabbit hole before we before we close out here. So there's a lot of shows and movies right now that are coming out that are starting to get at certain things, whether it's purposeful or not. So first and foremost, the one that comes to, to one that comes to mind is Reservoir Dogs. So I've been waiting for this show uh, to come out. Or sorry. <laughs> 
Oh, we're keeping this part in. Look, we're keeping this. I'm just kidding. <laughs> look, look, no, 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 no. Keep, keep that in. Keep that in. That's how deep our, our media conditioning goes. Reservoir Dogs was a is a classic, 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 classic piece of 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 media and cinema. And so, it's and the play on that um, by native writers, native directors, native actors. Um, Reservation Dogs um, came out, and I have been waiting for this for a while uh, because one of the things that I saw in the lead up in, in um, Indian Country came out, and one of the things I loved about what Indian Country said is, "Here's a show that's coming out that doesn't give a <laughs> rap ass." Yep, there you go. I wasn't going to say it, but you said it. You're the elder, so you said it. It said, "Doesn't give a rat's behind about whether or not you understand." Um, some of the nuances and pieces in here. Rewriting this by us, for us. Uh, what did they say? They said it's, it's, it's as if by us, for us uh, was taken up by Native folks and made into a show. Um, hmm. And I, so far, have been an extreme fan. I don't get everything that's happening, but oh. that's the beauty of having Native friends to actually talk to. Yeah. Go figure. We actually can have peers and friends that don't look like us. You can help explain some stuff to us <laughs> without feeling extracted from. But um, I'll not... The, 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 I loved the, it. It was such a great show. It was, it was. And you deep finished all the way it, through. Oh yeah, it was deep, but it was funny. It was, I mean, it was relatable, right? Even for me. And so I, <laughs> man, I loved it, and I'm so happy it's coming back for another season. One of the things that stood out for me is how they how they dealt with um, the what I would consider black cultural um, markers in. Uh, coming from Native peoples and references. There was something different about how this was done because oftentimes I'll look at folks kind of kind of point at what I would call caricatures of black um, a black cultural space. This not the same thing. And I was having a hard time trying to communicate this with some of my white friends who were like, well, how come, you know, and this show you call it being co-optive or, or, or appropriative, but over here you're not saying the same thing. And I'm like, did you listen to all the references they made um, you know, all the references to hip hop groups that were made in there when they were trying to set up the gangs to each other, the two little, the two brothers on the bikes coming in, starting stuff. Um, it was just different. And I did not have the language to, to, to be able to, to, to share how it's different. Right. That was one I of the things exactly I thought was done well. I know exactly how you feel. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and not just different, but it, it, that cultural thing kind of permeates mm-hmm. on, on many reservations. And, and so for me, to watch this program is not only is it a delight because it's set up exactly how how the uh, how they said Harjo Harjo said he was going to put it together by native people for native people mm-hmm. and um, so Mar and I have watched it and Mar's been around enough where she picks up a lot of this but some of the nuances I can kind of explain to her for me it's like it's like uh, kind of picking up bits and parts of where smoke signals. Oh, yes, yes, yes. You know, and and so, you know, there we got just a little glimpse of some of this red res life. And uh and this, you know, these young kids, you know, it, it, these young kids trying to put together pocket chains so they can get the hell off the res <laughs> and and move to California. And but that happens so much because, you know, um and 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 I really liked the way um because I was wondering how they were gonna deal with that because in the very first episode we find out that one of their group had committed suicide. Mm-hmm. And that is 
you know, that is a, a, one of the number one issues on reservations across the United States is suicide. And, and, um, and the way they were able to kind of weave that in and out and deal with that, I thought was, was uh, very well done. Yeah, I, you know, because that gets to the deeper, the deeper issue, the deeper question of, of uh, why are there so many suicides and, and what this hasn't really explored or looked at yet is the why. And it will be interesting to see if they eventually go in that direction. You know what I mean? Well, the 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 one of the writers um, spoke to the Atlantic and and talked about and um, reservation dogs not being interested in gesturing at the subject of identity, and yeah. that's one of the reasons why they don't really call out a specific tribal community, but but in being true to life. And, and and kind of poking and one of the examples to your to the to to what you're getting at Don like it, it, are they gonna go to the why I don't know that they're going to do that at least not in the way that says that just tries to articulate it but but I think they're gonna try to get to the why seem purely through the experience of the life that's there and not try to answer or box a question in because that's what we tend to extract is in dominant cultural space. Everything has to be a nice, tight little definition and it can't be human like we are. Um, and, I, and there's a ways in which they kind of teach us that. There's two scenes that come stick out to mind. There's one, and I'm going to go back to that first episode just because I'm worried about spoilers for folks who haven't seen it yet. <laughs> so if I only talk about the first episode, it, can, it, can, it won't mess you up. It won't make, it won't, have hate mail come in. So um, there's one of the scenes where, she, where where one of the kids walks in and they're having stomach stuff, and and, and they go into the to the doctor and and everybody's Indian just, Health Service. Yeah, the Indian Health Service, and and they uh, the people are talking to him. She had just I think she had just got done eating one of those meat. The meat pies, yeah. And then and then she walks in and she's talking about her stomach is messed up, yeah. And then they're like, "Did you eat one of the meat pie?" Like it's just the exchange and the humor that was there. I'm cracking up, largely be thanks to 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 you, Don, and, and Native friends, <laughs> and the sense of humor that I've been able to pick up. And I've been I was laughing my behind off where some of the other folks are like, "What what's what's funny about that?" And I didn't even know how to describe it myself. <laughs> <laughs> and and what I love about it is that the show isn't trying to do that. No. It's not trying to hold your hand to understand. So if you get it, then that if you or not get it, that's on you. And we're not going to be responsible for your feelings about whether or not you get it. I love that approach. And, I love and it. what they've done such a great job with that, especially around that scene that you're talking about, mm -hmm. is is uh, and I think this holds true not only for reservations but for any kind of small town where everybody knows everybody, because just in that scene, there were other dynamics going on just coming in to have her stomach check. And if you remember, if you remember, you know, someone else came in and their mother works there. Mm -hmm. Remember that? And not only did their mother work there, and so, you know, and so the, the young woman behind the counter knows who he is, knows mm -hmm. who his mother is, and still was insisting he had to fill out all these forms. He's like, well, wait, you know, I mean, but even beyond that, it's the idea, and I saw this dynamic when I was up at Malax, is that when when you come into the clinic mm -hmm. like that, um, and it's your cousin behind the counter, or your cousin that works in the it. Everybody knows your stuff, mm -hmm. right? I mean, and so so that's what even made that even more 
hilarious to us because we can all relate to that. That uh, you know the person behind the counter, you grew up with them, and they know your mother, and your mother were. I mean, <laughs> and all the, and then, and then the fact that the young lady came in after he did and got in to see the doctor mm-hmm. before he did. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there's so much there, and and there's one, there's there's two other dimensions that come to mind. Of course, we've got to talk about, um, we've got to talk about bears, the warrior, the uh, unknown warrior. Oh, that when, oh. When he gets the spirit knocked, that he when sees. When he gets knocked out in the spirit that he sees and the jokes that you have to understand. And, and this is, we've talked Played about this, Played by Dallas right? Goldtooth. <laughs> yes. It's and, uh, and hilarious. It's so funny. <laughs> and, and part of the reason that's so funny is you're simultaneously laughing at the content, the jokes, and the fact that you know good and well that there's people who are going to be watching this who won't get yeah. any of this because they have know nothing about Native history. And that makes it even funnier. Or yeah. spirituality. <laughs> or spirituality. And, and, and so it laughs at itself, it laughs at others, and it laughs at the things that people don't know. All at the same time, it is genius writing. Mm-hmm. Genius mm-hmm. writing. I mean, it, oh. it's, it's one of those shows where even if you don't know anything about Native history, you can enjoy. Mm-hmm. And hopefully it will inspire you to go and learn. And I know Rutherford Falls has a second season coming too, and that was a largely yes. Indigenous writing and acting staff as well. So I'm super excited um, about that. I'm also super excited that Sesame Street has its first Asian-American puppet. Hey. Oh, that's Yay. right. I was going to ask you about that. Please. That's right. Um, and yes, so. CPAC is already calling for PBS to be defunded. So, are you wow. ki- are you serious? No. no, I mean that's 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 the the risk, right? When we talk about the systemic issue, I mean that's the risk that um that institutions like PBS face. When they're like, okay, we want to be a part of this racial reckoning. We want to be a part of this movement. Like, you know, we want to encourage and educate people on, you know, Big Bird getting vaccinated. And immediately there is pushback. And then, of course, then it's the money. They're going to pull the money, right? People are going to try to pull the money away. And so then it, it makes folks not want to participate in these social movements because they're afraid of the funding. And so this this is this this is 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 again this is a powerful thing how we do how we what steps forward we take in media only to take steps back mm-hmm. I think you know I, I want to you know lead the excitement around that I was like I was waiting to to, to, to hear <laughs> how that hits you um, because some of the conversations in the social chat spaces amongst Asian friends of mine uh, had some things to say about how the puppet looked and. And and whose eyes and, and are they really Asian? Are they really more, more Middle Eastern? Like all of a sudden, all of these kind of conversations began to come forward. And so you can't just be happy that something yeah. happens. You have to deal yeah. with all the stuff that happens around it as well. I mean, it is definitely one of those situations where it's like we're really happy to be involved and recognized. And now we're going <laughs> to criticize everything about it, which is, you know, which mm-hmm. is a hard line. And it happens in just about anything and everything that you do, but hopefully no one's sending death threats, right? As we talked yeah. about earlier. <laughs> you know, I, I have one more thing in a tight, and it, it makes me think of one more element of reservation dogs that I think is, is, is important in telling. And it's part of the, what Sesame Street tries to do and has tried to do in all of its years. And that is to personalize and humanize and normalize um, being in different ways. And sometimes they do it really well. Sometimes it's 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 cheesy. Sometimes it's right on and poignant. Um, you know, there's a whole lot of pieces like that. There's a part of Reservation Dogs 
where they're sitting in the store and they're eating and they're hearing the backstory of the truck driver who of the truck that they stole at the beginning um, and they're seeing what the implication or the impact is on him. And they're having this moment of going, whoa, this well, had an impact. not all of them. Well, okay, not all of them. We're talking about Bear, but... <laughs> Bear um, was. Right. But what I loved about that and what I love about some of the things that I'm starting to see is um, the wide-ranging figure because otherwise it's very easy for somebody to look at that and go, oh, look, they're delinquents, they're doing that stuff, and they only focus mm-hmm. on that, mm-hmm. and to assume that there isn't some 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 moral struggle that's happening as a result of that when you start to see its actual impact on other folks. Um, and the fact that they showed him to being affected by that was powerful to me. It made me stop, and it got me a little bit emotional because I, I am I am often wary of the fact that when we are depicted, we are depicted very one-dimensional. And Reservation Dogs is bringing something mm-hmm. that you it can't possibly look at one-dimensionally without really trying to be dismissive. And, you know, and I think, I think that is happening because it was created by the community for mm-hmm. the community. And there's a difference the, in, in the content and how that's being portrayed. And I think that that's what makes Reservation Dogs so real. I mean, you know, I, I'm just praying that that they're as successful in the second season yeah with that mm-hmm. same type of approach because there are so many things and so many ways that this can go and I'm I'm really hoping that they stay true to what they've been able to do this first season because in in Indian country that was a huge yeah mm-hmm. just huge. Every that's all everybody was talking about. That's all I heard was reservation dogs. And uh Well, I'm 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 so happy to have gotten to just plow through some things because this is this is more akin to how our conversations go when it's just us and we hanging out and we eating some good food. Conversations mm-hmm. bounce all over. So if you've been listening today, you've been listening to a grab bag episode where we covered everything from the the trials that are happening for from officer involved and vigilante shootings of, of people of color to the school walkouts um, and some of the implications of what our students are trying to scream and tell us and some of our racialized patterns, even all the way to the media and the new shows that are trying to tell a story differently from reservation dogs to the first Asian puppet on Sesame Street. There's always a lot to talk about. And you can always count on us here at Counter Stories to start leaning into those conversations. I'm Anthony Galloway, pastor of St. Mark AME Church and partner at Dendros Group. Don Eubanks, associate of Dendros Group and member of the Malax Panel with Ghibli Indians. And I'm Holly Lee, owner of the other media group and Counter Stories producer. And we want to wish Luz a, a, to get well soon so you can get back in here because I know she would have had a lot to say. Thank you so much. This is Counter Stories. This program is a co-production of the Counter Stories crew, the other media group, and Ampers, diverse radio for Minnesota's communities, with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. <laughs>